Hello, and welcome to Panelism, the podcast where we talk about the comic books and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. I'm Todd A., and with me is... Oh, sorry, I I just talked right over you there. Taylor Trask, also here. Sorry, Todd. (laughs) I didn't know if you were going to do it with me or not, but you did, so we should... I know, but and the reason I did that is uh, because on our last episode, I screwed that up. So uh, now I'm throwing it back at you. How's that? How how are them apples? (laughs) <laughs> I like crunchy. the uh yeah yeah the uh the wow I don't even know where I was going with that <clears throat> um sometimes when we record more than one show in a day the banter becomes pretty kooky <laughs> it does but that's okay that's quite all right. I I mean all all that to say though like I love that we we're back to talking comic books as I said in the last episode we're hitting redo on the whole year and we're sit- you're sitting down with a podcast where we talk about comic books. That's cool. That's right. It was nice to get back to reading comic books over these past couple of weeks. Like just saying like, hey, that's the thing. Well, and, and so, feeling uh, like it's not because I, I mentioned before in a, another episode or two, but like it just it kind of started to feel like obligatory last year at some point. Um, and yeah. now it, it, I'm sort of back to being like more of a, a, a sense of discovery again. Like that's one of the reasons I went to uh i agree muse comics yesterday just because i was like man i just i'm i'm feeling it i'm feeling it again and i ended up getting uh some really cool stuff one of one of the books of which i spoke on in our last episode so i yeah and i had a very uh similar experience which uh i i talked about a couple episodes ago which was i um randomly followed this artist on instagram didn't even quite know that the artist was a a like published you know mainstream comic books artist uh sweeney boo and near the end of the year, she posted about a book she had written and drawn uh, called Eat and Love Yourself. And I think this was in late December. And I, I was just like, perfect. You know, I want like, you know, there's obviously there was artwork from it in her Instagram post. And I just hopped over to it, purchased the book on Comixology and had that that same kind of joy of like, oh, I've discovered something that I didn't know about that would have probably passed me by. But for that you know, Instagram posts. So yeah, yeah. that's what I'm talking about today. Heck yeah. Um, and I, you know, we did, uh, we've already done one this month where you talked about the Dune. Um, uh, what do we want to call that? Like it graphic is an novel. adaptation. Yeah, just the Dune, sure. Dune graphic novel. Yeah, it's, it, that's one of those properties that's uh, funny because you feel like there are already so many adaptations out there, but I really don't think there are, you know? It's I not mean, like not... they've been remaking the, the, this is a graphic novel. You know, you know, I, I forgot for to say on that episode because um, there, you know, there are movies, there are TV show, there are TV adaptations, or you know, sort of inspired by adaptations. There actually is, there, there hasn't been rather a graphic novel treatment of Dune in full, but there was a sort of I don't even know what you call it. It was kind of a graphic novel, it was like a floppy graphic novel adaptation of mm. the David Lynch movie. That came out in right. the '80s, which I ended up picking up at an amazing, uh, in the basement of a comic shop in um, Salida, Colorado, of all places. Like, and I've got I got a bunch of cool stuff there. I'll post it up on Instagram. But yeah, there, there's a few things. But That's totally what I picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like the one where it's got like, it's basically a photograph from the movie of Sting walking out in the desert or something. <laughs> but they've basically. sort of hired a painter to kind of smear the photograph or something yeah because i had the blade runner version of that so my introduction to blade runner was i had done a comics trade with someone and that person 
uh, because we were very young, like we're probably like 12 years old and he, neither of us knew, you know, what the heck Blade Runner was. And he oh. obviously made the savvy deal and got some like sweet Transformers comic books for me or something. And I got stuck with this like old ass Blade Runner on the, you know, with the cell of like, no, it's a classic or something. And so I'd read this thing like, what in the crap is this? Yeah. You know, it wasn't until I was like 18 or something and saw the movie and was like, oh, wow, I actually know this story. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure this this feels like that Dune uh, is very much like the proper adaptate comics yeah. adaptation of it. Yeah. But yeah, I could not be uh, more degrees away from that with my pick. Um and I think I needed to step in, step back into comics with something like this because it is, uh, it can feel daunting with like when you look at superhero books or even like image titles that, you know, whether I followed them or just heard hype on them, it's like, oh, there's so much there to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was nice to pick up something that was not fantasy, not superhero, not sci fi, you know, just. Um, a, a pretty uh, intimate personal story, although there is a bit of magic that I'll discuss in it, but it definitely felt like um, uh, uh, more of like an indie comic. But it is on Boom Box, and I don't know if that is like if that's sort of Boom Studios, like even more indie label or okay. something. But yeah, it is Boom. Does it and, have the exclamation a, point behind the word Boom? Sure does. Yeah. And this is the this is the label we've talked about a lot. And uh, like as kind of an up and coming like, hey, we're seeing more and more stuff on Boom that we really like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, Boom. I didn't mention it last time. Boom is crushing it right now in the same way Image was circa 2015, 2016. Yeah. And the Image is still doing fine. But Boom is really, man, between their adaptations and their original work, it's they're on a roll right now creatively. Cool. Yeah. And this is, um, I, I mean, this I. (laughs) <laughs> and it's great because we also did an episode where you did a ton of research into Dune and I went into this with my normal amount of like no research. Um, sometimes I do want to look up biographical details and historical details to try to, you know, know exactly what this is like. But sometimes I really like going in fresh and not being distracted by all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So this has got to be a like fully creator owned um, work. It is a, it's, it's all in one. Like it is a graphic novel in that sense of like, it's done. Did it come um, out as single issues is, at first? I don't even know, but I, I honestly, uh, I wonder if that's what boom box has to do with, because mm. I, I wonder if maybe it just wasn't single issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and given how I'd probably been following Sweeney boo for a bit on Instagram and only heard about this at the end of the year, I think, uh, I, I would imagine that the hype was not, drawn out you know like i wasn't seeing posts about this as it was being published it was just afterwards like hey this is a cool thing that came out this year so um yeah i would bet that it was a kind of a one shot you know published all together um and it's yeah written and drawn by sweeney boo um published by boombox um and uh i'm (laughs) stalling as i flip over i had the colors right in front of me and then flipped the page and lost it uh joanna la fuente um but yeah, it is, uh, as I said, a very personal kind of feeling story. Um, and there's really no way I like, I want to do my best not to spoil it because it is a really small self-contained story. And I want to, I want to do my best to talk about like the themes and the art and what it's, what it is like to read this, 
so that if that interests a listener, they go out and get it for themselves. Um, because it's not, you know, it's uh, because of its personal nature. It's not like there's a spoiler, like a big plot twist or anything that I could spoil. I could only talk too much and kind of give you everything that's in the book. And I don't want to do that. So uh, it is very cute. I think is probably the first word to use when discussing the art in it. Can I, can um, I, well, before has, you even jump in, can I just one yeah, quick yeah. observation? When I look at the cover of this thing that has the yellow uh, title, Eat and Love Yourself, it, I'm getting a bit of, of uh, America Andolfo's um, unnatural vibe from this. Yeah. Is that just the cover or does that sort of permeate the art throughout? I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you set that up. Uh, because you're not wrong and i had written down that this and obviously like i've called out these artists before this is as very much like a america on andolfo vibe to it or like babs tar um both uh both murka and babs do a lot more like pinup kind of art uh -huh. and this is definitely not that it leans more into the indie comics um you know the, the human beings in it have real proportions i guess is the best way to say it okay um, but it does have that that style that's somewhere in between like a manga and like an animation style where the you know the colors are really intense and features are exaggerated in a cute way you know big eyes like um uh, uh the lead character in this is named mindy and she has these gigantic round glasses on um so it all of those things are you know things that like Mirka Andolfo does a ton of, you know, like the big manga eyes and exaggerated features like glasses or something. Um, <clears throat> so it feels a lot like that. But right off the bat, it's uh, oh, I, I do want to mention the, the color palette before I jump into that, which is um, there's a good variety of color in it, but it definitely hovers around these like cool blues and purples and like a sea green that's what Mindy's hair color is. Okay. And it's like her skin almost has a purple tone to it and her clothes are often blue and stuff. And there's great contrast with like a big red coat or, you know, a sort of a magenta background or something like that that makes the foreground characters pop out. But it's, it's just so, uh, uh, I, I'm using this word intentionally, delicious looking. Like this looks mm. like a pack of wild berry Skittles. You know, oh, ooh. Um, <laughs> that's like a good sommelier and, note there. Right. <laughs> well, that's that's where I got my <laughs> my my tasting degree is in, in Skittles. Um, but it is. But I don't I wanted to say that right off the bat, like, you know, this positions itself. I mean, first of all, there's the title, uh, but, you know, it is not a a a book about, um, you know, with like pinup shapes and stuff like that. It is very much about like real figures. And it starts with this this big panel of Mindy where she is in colors, although they are all sort of in the blue cool palette. And then there's this magenta crowd around her. it really just like highlights her focuses her like this camera shot of just her sitting alone at the bar with a Coke, you know, and it is the story of a, a, a girl who struggles with her own body image and struggles with uh, um, bulimia and uh, just turning to food as a comfort source and also as like body dysmorphia. Um, but what is, you know, so it, it sets it up where she's out at a club. You know, she's got a friend who really loves her, who's trying to drag her out onto the dance floor, but she's self-conscious and um, very much like a, a slice of life drama 
Um, later that night, she takes the friend home to her house because the friend is drunk. And Mindy realizes she doesn't have any cat food. So she runs down to the store to get cat food and then snack food for herself. And, you know, just as she's checking out, sees this organic chocolate bar that that you know promises to like help with your life sort of like one of those things at the register that's you know almost seems like a a nutrient bar or something like that you know but you know it's still (laughs) an impulse buy um and then becomes this repeating motif of her eating one little square of this chocolate bar and basically time traveling back to her younger self and learning all about the triggers in her life and the uh, the messages she received from her parents and friends about her body and how she's going to deal with that. Now, when you say time and, travel, is it like quantum leap, or she is this the, her younger self, but she, her her mental her her mind goes back, or does she physically go back to like visit her younger self? Great question, and right down the middle. <laughs> mm. So. She, because that is one of the great visual things about it. So as like they've established this color palette right from that first scene of Mindy and all the blues and like the magenta crowd around her, when she travels back, she is this sort of magenta, magenta pink outline of herself observing her younger self in full color. Okay. So it's just this really simple way of communicating. Like there's sort of a ghost Mindy observing a young Mindy in her life and and it's like a uh, so I say right down the middle, but I think the um, honestly, like the the touchstone for this is Christmas Carol, because this is Scrooge going back and not being able to communicate with his, you know, past self. <laughs> yeah, I love that so comparison. He, he's or, you know, she is there telling her younger self, like, don't eat this. Don't keep eating this or like, you know, and like she's punishing her younger self for all the sa- with all the same messages that she received at that age. Um, and so this motif of the chocolate bar, you know, it kind of comes along, like she flashes back and she's like, what the hell was that? She goes to work, you know, something at work kind of triggers her and she'll binge and purge at work to kind of like, you know, uh, you know, address that emotional, uh, anxiety. Um, and then later that day she'll think, okay, well, let me try that chocolate bar again. Maybe that wasn't a fluke and time travel once again, you know, or at least revisit her past self. Um, so what I found like what was so interesting to me about this and what like really kept me reading because you know, that on itself is just a, um, that's an understandable story. That's like a thing you, you know, you don't need any subtext to tell that it's, it's very straightforward. Um, but what I thought was so engaging was this idea that eating the chocolate bar and then having this kind of, what do I want to call it like spiritual or mystical travel back to observe her younger self was basically an analog for psychological work where you gently explore past traumas in order to reprocess them and Mm. sort of file them in a new place in your brain. And, you know, so I, it, it occurred to me like as she's going through this, like, Oh, this is like real work that you do in, uh, you know, in psychotherapy. And so this, became like this great little, um, yeah, I mean, you know, analog or metaphor for that, that she's, there's going to be like a magical component to it. Um, and it's even interesting where there's a scene where younger self, her younger self goes to the psychiatrist and that psychiatrist tells her all these things that are going on with her. You know, this is body dysmorphia. People don't see you the way you see yourself. And 
she's, you know, it's like, here's her older self in ghost form, observing her younger self, receiving that message, but really not internalizing it and processing it because she's still in that, that trauma thing of like her, you know, her parents complaining about her gaining weight or, you know, saying she eats too fast or she eats too slow or she's not paying attention. And, you know, she's, she needs to work out and like all those messages she's getting. So it just, you know, it was just like a really cool way to communicate this without, without being too heavy handed, I guess, you know, and, and, uh, and taking you through the like TikTok of it all, because you're seeing like vignettes of what happened, you know, here's the past vignette and here's the present vignette of how it still comes up. And then ultimately how she's going to, uh, process this. And because of that motif of like every few pages, you see the chocolate bar with another square eaten, you know, there's kind of a countdown, you know, when she gets to that last one, it's kind of like, Oh, you better have your realization now, you know, you better process all this because you only have one more. Now, does, um, it, is, does it give any indication that that um, this is just a, one magic chocolate bar? Does, did, I, maybe I misunderstood in the beginning. Did, does the store sell these like anybody can just have one and have this this sort of psychedelic journey? Or is, does it ever explained what the chocolate bar's origin is? So I, I know I am being in I'm just being dense about this uh, because I cannot think think of the perfect um, pop culture example of this, but I know this has happened before where it's like the magic thing, food, whatever shows up just this once and you don't see it again, but it looks like it belongs there. You know, what am, what am I thinking of where that's like a famous thing? Um, But that's, that's definitely what it seems like. You know, she, this chocolate bar is called eat and love yourself. And on the back it says, try eat and love yourself. The chocolate will change your life. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of a thing where the, uh, she doesn't, she's never seen it before and no one else seems to have it. And she only buys the one and you know, that's, that's all we know of it. Now this whole time I've been my biggest question is how did you come in contact with this book? Like what was the, what was the, the hook for you that made you go, I'm going to pick this up. (laughs) Purely Sweeney Boo's post. And, and liking Sweeney Boo's art previously and thinking like, oh, this is kind of that style of, of comic art that I like, uh, that's kind of slice of life and, and, but still has that sort of fun, cute manga style to it. And, Mm -hmm. and it's so weird that I would say manga because I don't think anybody, any modern manga reader would look at this and go like, oh yeah, that's what it is. But to me, that's sort of the, one of the reference points. Um, but that was, that was it. And so that to me was like the the fun of finding this thing and then and then really enjoying the story and just you know finding myself going through it and also knowing like it is a it is a one and done thing you know uh, and okay. so many comics that we read are part of a bigger series or like one part of an arc you know and you're uh, it's it's hard for me to get it it was hard for me to sort of like to daunting i, I should say daunting to think of like stepping into some other big series and, yeah. you know, where are the baby steps to this? They give me a little bit of magic and a little bit of real life. And, uh, you know, don't hit me over the head with it, but get me into it. So, well, it's beautiful. Um, your Skittles comparison is really apt. I've been kind of uh, going through <laughs> different, um, different little sort of test pages here and there. So, yeah, I, I love that comparison. It's the, I would say, too, the panels are very rich. Like every, everything seems like, like, 
everything from like the hairs of like the friend she's talking to, you know, hanging in the head, like in, in front of her right. eyes and things like that. Just every panel kind of has a, a great feel. And, and she's also doing this effect where she's taking kind of some of the lens flares and like, and, and nudging them or, or fudging them a bit. So it's got a more of a blurry, you know, like when she's in the club, for yeah. example, and you can see, you can see the, um, the lights can have a blurry effect. So there's a bit of, um, you know, a bit of like sort of digital manipulation here in addition to just the drawing. And then even like, it's interesting and correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like Sweeney, but this is like her first work. Like I don't see any other entries for her on Amazon or anywhere else. So if she's got other work, I'd love to see it, but I don't, I don't, has she done anything else? Do you know prior to this? Well, that's a great, uh, that's a great uh, call out to every, like everything else here. So this was actually kickstarted. Oh, um, great. And she had done a so in the bio at the back i did that much research at least um she had done a cover and a short story for rat queens in 2016 um and in the instagram post where she mentioned this coming out in 2020 she also mentioned that she had done like there were there were other comics she had worked on and i think i think one was a captain marvel and one was a ms marvel um but they were both marvel titles so uh this yeah this was like kickstarted fully financed picked up by boom studios for distribution but purely like creator owned and that leads me into this other comment i definitely wanted to make which is one of the other things i thought was so enjoyable about this was how well the dialogue works and feels real and you know like it feels current but it's not overly reliant on cliches and stuff um or or pop culture to communicate things and especially the texting and texting, I think is so hard to get right in a comic because it already looks kind of like old school in a comic when you draw a text box, you know? Yeah. So to do it on a phone is kind of like, Oh, you're, you know, this just, how do you differentiate this from a comic uh, speech bubble? And also how do you make the dialogue sort of work in that when it's two people texting back and forth and, I'm just, you know, I'm always impressed when like a, a artist can write really well because Mm -hmm. sometimes I find that they're not giving enough details or sometimes they're giving way too many details and they're not always finding the right, like, you know, cinematic shot for the scene in order to tell the story enough and then fill it in with dialogue or vice versa, you know? And I just thought this did such a good job of that. Um, So I'm, you know, I stay, I, I really enjoyed it and it was like, uh, an easy sit down to read. I actually ended up taking a couple of sittings to read it. Um, and not because I needed to put it down, but you know, something else came up and I put it down and just found it's like, Oh, it's really easy to get back into. And you know, this is, it's not, uh, it, this is not uh high art literature or whatever, but it's a very current story that puts things in a, in a really understandable, uh, uh, you know, context and just, uh, you know, really should hopefully connect with people. I would say too, just based on what I'm seeing through, uh, kind of, uh, sampling some of the art, if you are a Scotty young fan, I think you'll like this too. She has some yeah. of his, it shares a little of his aesthetic in terms of the, the way she drives. I mean, obviously it's very unique to her as well, but it almost, it almost kind of feels like Scotty young and Merca and like kind of merge a bit here. Um, yeah, something unique. I like that. I like that comparison for sure. And, and he was one of the people I was thinking of where, uh, um, 
and you're going to have to fill me in on what that the title is that I'm about to forget. Oh, Middle West, where Middle West, you yeah. really like the writing on Middle West, which he is not illustrating. And I thought I hate Fairyland. Um, I, sometimes I was disappointed in the writing there. Yeah. Uh, no offense, Scotty. Like I, I thought it was such a tremendous work, but you know, it's weird to have a book. It was like, so wild. Well, it's weird know? to have a book like Middle West, where he Scotty Young is such a talented damn artist. Um, and by the way, check out his Instagram. If you want to see some just cool stuff on a regular basis, oh, yeah. he will do like, he'll do a Scotty young version of Magneto and a Scotty young version of like the Ninja Turtles. And it's just like, it's his, it's such a distinct style, but like so frustrating to see him write, but not illustrate a book. Um, although the illustrations right, on Middle right. West are beautiful. So, you know, I'll hopefully talk about that in an upcoming episode myself, but I just, I like, I just, I love everything about this. The fact that it was a Kickstarter project, the fact that it's her first work, um, you know, it just, it feels like she didn't leave anything on the table. Like it feels like just from what I'm, I'm perusing here that like, you know, it's like, if I'm going to do this and this might be the only thing I get to do, then I'm going to put it all like, I mean, every, nothing, no panel looks like it was just sort of, you know, lazily left or, does, or, or, or sort of yeah. rushed through, I should say. Right. And I think it's got enough of the the clever things like the, the image, the single image of the chocolate bar being sort of the chapter break. Yeah. You know, enough design elements that. that way to keep you interested in, in the sort of like art part of it. I mean, not that the, I mean, the rest of the art is great too, but there is, you know, there's obviously like a concept to this and like a pacing and a, yeah. a countdown basically of like, like I said, like when this story has to end when she finishes this chocolate bar. So, um, yeah, there was, you know, it's like just the right amount. Like it's so much better to, <laughs> to write a short song and nail it than to try to put everything yeah. you want to say into a, a long song or album, you know, and this is just a great pop song in that way. Uh, format. You didn't, I don't know if you mentioned at, at the outset. Um... Oh, I did pick it up digitally. Um, and I did wonder at times, although when I read that about the Kickstarter, uh, I, I, I wonder if it was sort of intentioned to be digital ah. or if that, if it was kind of designed for digital and then retroactively made print, I would, I don't know. And I guess I just shouldn't even guess at it, Yeah. but it wouldn't, I guess what I can say is it wouldn't surprise me if this was really like, you know, a concept for like, Hey, we're going to make a PDF no matter what. And hopefully the Kickstarter gets us some printed versions, you know, because it does feel, it feels very snappy on digital. You know, I yeah. love the guided view. Um, uh, but even when I zoom out to look at the pages and the panels, it's different enough. It is comic booky enough that it, it is not just like square to square to square to square, you know? Um, so I think whatever your preference is, pick it up that way. But, um, you know, I, if you're going to f- meet Sweeney Boo at a convention in the next year or so, uh, definitely get get the print aut- autographed. It's a great point, and she might even have some limited edition hardcover prints too. So if you if you know that's coming up and you like it, or if, if you like it and you want to get the the serious souvenir, yeah. maybe hold on your money for that too. That's I always forget that when these artists do cons, they often have like really good versions of their stuff. So keep and I'll mind. I'll add to that because that's a great thing to bring up because Kickstarters do too, oh. and. We talked in an episode back in the pandemic about like, how do you, uh, I think it's in our comic con episode about how do you support local artists? And I said like, Oh, I'm doing a ton of like Patreon and Kickstarter stuff and sort of hoping that is my contribution. Like of the money I would normally spend at a convention, let me do it, 
you know, in these ways. And I would say reach out to creators who have done a Kickstarter and see if they have extra copies lying around. I just recently reached out to a, a game designer after the Kickstarter ended. And he said, he said, yeah, I actually have two or three more sets available. I just don't have any of the like manufactured boxes, like the packaging for it. So if you don't mind me just sending you this all in like a Ziploc bag, I'll sell you the game. Mm. And so I have this rad game called Spire's End that uh, I just put in a, a normal like card box and it looks amazing. Um, and just to cl- clarify one more, one more time, um, uh, Sweeney Boo wrote, illustrated, and then is it just, is it her publishing label or did she get picked up by Image or something as a, as a republish? Oh, oh, picked up by Boom. By yeah, Boom, yeah. So, I'm so sorry, I read Boombox. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Boom, yeah. Yeah, and it did say at the at the in the bio as I just refreshed my memory, Boom Studios. So yeah, confirmed. This is Boom. I'm curious what Boombox is. We'll fill that in on another did, show. Did she uh, yeah. did she start her Kickstarter like like with the original batch? I wonder. And and I'm, this is more from a collector's yeah. standpoint. Like if you want the OG first edition, like was that her Kickstarter or um, was it always towards the end of having Boom pick it up and and put it out officially? Oh, no, no, no. I, I think from at least from what I understand from the uh, from that back uh, bio is that Boom picked it up afterwards. Okay. And so I do see that if you go to Kickstarter, there is a different cover for it, um, or at least it looks that way. Maybe this was just a concept. Um, and it does look like it was also published in or at least the Kickstarter ended in 2019. It looks like right at the end of it, though. Um, so, yeah, you know. She was probably fulfilling it early in the year and then boom, picked it up. Got it. I bring this up because it's worth noting. Like if you go back to, um, I'll, I'll give a great example. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the very first uh, printing, Eastman and Laird just did it like I, not at a Kinko's, but something oh, similar. Like, so like yeah, when you say like first Xerox. edition, yeah, when you do first edition of Ninja Turtles, like there's the first edition under the, you know, under the publisher, which is still, you know, still picks up a, a nice a nice price at auction or just as a collector, but it's those, those self printed versions that really get top dollar. So from a collector standpoint, I always try to figure out like, what's the, the OG version, you know, the OG publishing version. So if you really want to be a completist, maybe go track down some of those Kickstarter copies to physically, or if, if you bought it digitally, maybe, you know, and you liked it, try that so you can really have a a, a great copy on your shelf. Cause I'm guessing her Kickstarter versions were hardcover probably. It looks like it. Yeah. I mean, there were sense. there were digital ones, and I'm finding out as I look as I scroll through the Kickstarter that Mirka Andolfo was a guest artist who contributed like prints or bookmarks or something like that. So now I'm super jealous that I didn't contribute to this and get like a, a Mirka print along with mm-hmm. the hard copy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, I yeah, I mean, I you know my feeling about uh, we've covered it in many episodes about stuff in the house and. I, it's not that this doesn't rise to the level of worthiness, but um, I would just say feel feel fine about yourself if you only pick up the digital version of this. You know, like support that artist any way you can. Um, I, you know, this is this is one that maybe if I if, if I find her at a comic con, I would totally pick up a copy because I love the art. Uh, but it's not one that I'm going to add to my shelf until I have some unique opportunity like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sweeney Boo, eat and love yourself. Uh, another great pick here on the Panelism Podcast. Uh, um, no, I, yeah. I, I like the picks. I, what I love about 
if I haven't said it before, what I love about our tastes in tandem is that I don't think there's, there is seldom, if ever, a book that both of us have read at the same time and liked, yeah, and, liked and, and, you know, we come to the, the table with like the same suggestion. There's always like, for every, every, you know, left turn I make, you go another left turn. So there's, you know, I, the diversity of, of picks, I think is one of my favorite yeah. aspects about what we do here. Um, so yeah. Well, and to, to add to that, and it's probably worth reiterating at the beginning of 2021 is that one of the things we consciously think about all the time is we are not trying to be another podcast that keeps up with what is happening in comic books right now. Yeah. Not that we're trying to dig into bins, but if we find something that's, you know, amazing in the, in like an old bin, we will talk about it. If we find something new and amazing, we will talk about it. We just want to talk about stuff we like that is not necessarily mainstream, um, but not excluding mainstream, you know? So uh, to me, these two books that we've started out the year with are total opposite ends of the spectrum, but also fit nicely into that, like kind of off kilter suggestion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're not, it's, we're not telling you to go read the new justice league or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, there's plenty of people who do that and they do that fine. Exactly. So, and it's not, it, frankly, it's just not something I'm interested in keeping up with. Cause then it starts to feel obligatory yeah. again. Cause I mean, God help us. If I have to read something like X of swords again, you know, just, and feel like I have, to, <laughs> I have to do it. I might stop reading comics. So it's what I like is that it, you know, with this, with episodes like this, you should be able to walk into a really great local comic shop or frankly, any of the shops in Portland for, for that matter. And no, know, where <laughs> to start because you walk in, especially if it's a good shop, it's a little overwhelming. You're like, I don't even know where to start. Everything I'm looking at looks interesting. What the hell do I even focus on? Yeah. Um, you can almost become paralyzed by choice. So at least with our suggestions, you can walk in going, okay, I've heard them talk about this and this, and you can have a, a kind of at least a head start at, at building your, your bag, your shopping bag. So I, I like that, that aspect of it. If you like this, now, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to, I was going to close this out. Go on. Oh, I, I was going to ask you to preview what your next book is because you do know what's coming. I up do. Next. And I'm not going to change it because I've been wanting to talk about it for many months now. Uh, and it is, I think it was going to be my January pick, but I think it's a, a more fitting pick for February. And frankly, I want a little more time to, to delve into it because it is, it's, it's, one of those books that for me specifically hits me at a, at, at a deep level. Like just, it, it resonates with me for a variety of reasons. And I, I just want to make sure I'm attuned to that, but it's called, uh, the world of Adina by Moebius, um, Jean Giraud himself. So he wrote it and illustrated it. It's pretty hefty. Um, it was, uh, when they started publishing Moebius's back catalog, this was the first book they put out. And uh, it's just, just lovely. So we'll be talking about that in depth and I'll, cool. I'll really get into my, uh, my love of Moebius and you know, we haven't really talked much about him in terms of, you know, outside of just a little, you know, kind of back uh, background banter, but I'm going to be doing that. And at yeah. some point this year too, just if you like Moebius, I'm going to be talking about the Inkle finally as well, which is another cool. Uh, that's a bit more complicated than Adina, but um, I, I'm very excited. It's that is a book that I've been, Adina is a book I've been really wanting to talk about and now I have the time. So and I, I don't know exactly what I'm going to pick, but I do feel like we have truly pressed, uh, you know, reboot, uh, redo, restart, whatever you want to say. I have cleared the cache and I now look at what I have in comiXology and what's on my shelf with like totally fresh eyes. That's awesome. And feel excited to read any of them. So 
Uh, I'm not exactly sure what I'll talk about in February, but um, actually this episode may be in February already, but I don't know what I'll talk about next, but um, I got a lot of choices. So Yeah, great. Well, yep. stay tuned. We'll be uh, posting on Instagram. We're at panelism.inc. That's panelism.ink on Instagram. It's also our website URL, panelism.inc. And <clears throat> pardon me, uh, you can listen to all of our back catalog. We talk about a lot of books, a lot of other things. We still to this day, Todd, every time I look at our analytics, um, I'm surprised by what people are finding. Like a lot of people are, are coming into those <laughs> early Todd and Taylor episodes and then either catching up or, 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 you know, kind of picking their favorites through. So go back to that back catalog. A lot of that is, is still really you know fun, really interesting. Um, evergreen, hopefully for the most part, uh, you get to hear different iterations of the show along the way as we you know started with the Todd and Taylor show, then coffee and comics, and then ultimately panelism. Uh, so yeah, go back, <laughs> check it out. Uh, you know, uh, pay attention on Instagram. A lot more of that to come this year. I'm, I'm kind of feeling the, the, even though Instagram is a bit different than when we started, I'm, I'm kind of feeling that again and as well as all of our social media. So yeah. we'll be posting a lot. And I, ideally what we hope to do is, is post a preview of this. So, you know, like, Hey, what we've read in case yes. you want to pick it up a couple days before the episode actually comes out. That's kind of hard to do because you know, you might in one week, we don't want to post too many times about the same book because we also want to open it up to, conversation when we do post it yeah so but look out for those yeah look out for them well it's been fun thanks for listening i'll see you on the next episode Todd. i will see you then or i will see you at another time